Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast within the Pigskin Podcast Network. Before we get started, we want to offer a thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. Kyle, we're back. Another another week. Dog days of the NFL offseason, it feels like. Kind of just anticipation, lots of speculation. Uh, you got idiots like us who are just throwing out ideas. Eight-year extensions for Kirk Cousins. Uh, exactly. Signing all the best free agents. and uh, But here we are. And so today, just kind of thinking about different parts of the offseason. And uh, you and I thought that maybe this would be a good chance to talk a little bit about free agency. And obviously... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many players, there's so many moves yet to happen with cuts, uh, even the Vikings on their, their end. Uh, we don't know what they're doing in terms of cuts, restructures, all that. So we're still, the, the, the water's a little bit murky, but still want to give a shot at maybe predicting what, what could come here, what, what is possible uh, as we enter this offseason. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So, I mean, for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with the schedule, um so as of the 22nd teams could use their franchise and transition tags and so the vikings unless something just completely wild happens won't be using either one of those but the reason why it may be is of interest to vikings fans in that it will impact who is available in free agency right so if you know several of the most notable names are franchise tags then you know that takes those names off the market right once once you're allowed to actually start flirting with those free agents. So keep an eye out for that. The ta- the end of the tag period is March 8th, I believe, right? And so that's kind of ongoing. I think most of these tags will be applied, you know, closer to the deadline. Uh, and then free agency itself, you can start uh, that process of speaking with free agents in kind of this unofficial manner, 4 p.m. Eastern time, March 14th, right? So the 8th is the end of the tag period, March 14th, 4 p.m. Eastern time is uh, the sort of when you can actually start talking to people. But again, nothing official can be signed. There's no ink uh, spilled at this stage or anything like that. So you kind of have this 48-hour window where you can start negotiating and a lot of deals get figured out and, and in essence signed, but not actually signed. And then March 16th, 4 p.m., two days later, then you can actually put pen to paper and make it official. And there are always, always are, are a couple of instances, perhaps maybe more, of players getting cold feet, changing their mind, whatever the case may be, not actually 100% finalizing that deal. So um, keep that in mind. Mar- uh, March 8th is the uh, deadline for tags, franch- most commonly the franchise tag, and then March 14th to 16th, and then March 16th, 4 p.m. Eastern time, the 2022 NFL season, in a sense, or at least the NFL offseason, is officially underway. The new league year has begun. Um, so keep those dates in mind. Yeah. That's important. No, that makes sense. So, I, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to ask, because like, there's certain parts of the NFL that I, I understand. There's certain parts that are a little bit more of a mystery to me. The idea that you're mentioning that the Vikings likely won't use those tags, does that seem like a positive thing to you? Or like, does it really matter or negative? Like, what, what's kind of your interpretation of what that means for the Vikings and like not using that um, 
yeah like is is that is that a good thing so historically the vikings haven't used franchise tag very often they've only used it three times in their team history most recently on anthony harris a couple years ago and that didn't turn out very well so now there's new leadership there's a new sheriff in town his name is quasi adolfo mensa and so maybe he'll have a very different perspective on the franchise tag or in the transition tag so it's possible um that in coming years we'll see it used more frequently but just the most obvious thing is that i mean if you're new england if you're green bay if you are you know name your team with a really notable elite uh free agents then that's a tool that the team has in order to keep that that player in town for at least one more year or at the very least give you more time to work out a trade with another team and and recoup something rather than let them walk for free or uh sign an extension right and so uh just the most obvious implication from minnesota is that none of the free agents are elite right and so if you use a franchise tag you know the green bay would be so foolish just to let Devonte adams walk right on march 8th expect a franchise tag to be placed and at the very least expect to see a trade worked out from there or you, or you make them play for one year on the franchise tag. It, it just it just doesn't seem wise to, you know, let your elite players go. It, it sucks for the players. It does. Um, from a team perspective, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. So it just like really the Vikings just aren't in a spot from your perspective where it makes sense to utilize that that asset no. or like that that opportunity. Um, no. So because it's, it's like a one year deal that pays them. Uh, like a top five player at the position or something like that. And right. so it's, it's, it leads to, you know, huge money, right. In, 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 in the short term. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see that being feasible at all for the Vikings. doesn't make any sense. No, no, that's fair. No, that makes sense. No, thanks for explaining that. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess like there's, there's kind of two parts to this really is one, like the Vikings at this point don't have any money to spend in free agency uh they're they have less than no money they have negative money they have they have <laughs> they have significant uh yeah. i'm not gonna say issues because we just know that this is part of the process but i think it is a little bit uh disheartening the fact that they are in the spot that they are considering kind of where they finished last year that that they have this money that has is right now being spent uh on a roster that wasn't able to make the playoffs so it's not like we, we know from years previous and as we watch other teams that it's not like they're in a, a spot where they can't recover or they can't get to a spot where they can spend money, but there's some things that need to happen. So I guess I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, what does need to happen for this Vikings team to be able to prepare themselves to spend money and to add in free agency? Yeah. So depending on where you, <coughs> excuse me, depending on where you look, they're like, 14, 15, 16 million over the cap currently. So let's say 16 million, assume the worst case. And so you have to be cap compliant. My understanding is you have to be cap compliant by that March 16th date. Um, so with that in mind, you kind of have to make some moves, obviously. And recently I wrote on Purple PTSD a piece. Um, it was basically just a, a path to Vikings cap space without considering Kirk Cousins. Because Kirk Cousins is kind of the main one that people talk about obviously because he has a 45 million cap hit, which is just way disproportionate in terms of what he offers the team. And so I think there are several moves you can make. And in that piece, I think I did six things. 
And it was based off what got me thinking about it was I, I referenced this article on Over the Cap and it says if the Vikings absolutely pushed it to the max and tried to make the most possible room in 2022 through restructures, only restructures, nothing else. If they did everything possible to create as much room as possible through restructures, they could make just under 86 million in in cap room. Holy just through restructure. Now, mind you, that's you know it's going to sink you for future seasons. Oh yeah, yeah. But, so it's it's there's no way they're going to push it anywhere close to that extreme. But they have the capacity to. The potential is there to create 86 million dollars through restructures. Wow. And so for a few candidates, I went through to uh, Daniel Hunter. Eric Hendricks and Adam Thielen, three great vets, three guys who I think the team would like to bring back, but not at their current numbers, and basically looked at how much could they, in theory, gain in 2022 through a restructure, and then basically uh, brought it down by a bit, right? So I, you know, Daniel Hunter was somewhere in the teens, and I said, okay, well, let's let's assume it's not to the max. Let's say he, he gives us $8 million. You know, and Eric Hendricks was less than that, obviously, because he makes more. Well, let's say Eric Hendricks still gives us four million extra space. And then Thielen was a similar number. Uh, and then I, I assumed uh, trading away Garrett Bradbury because it's just not working out. And a trade for him, if you look, if you go to Spot Rack, or I can never, I don't know how to pronounce that site's name. But if you look at the history of center trades in the NFL, they have this really handy feature where you can look at basically all the trades and then and, and see. And, and so depth, interior offensive linemen, depth centers pretty routinely get traded for a sixth or seventh round pick. So there's plenty of precedent for this in the NFL and him being a former first rounder and him being a scheme fit, he could easily fetch a sixth or seventh. And in that case, you save 2.25 million cutting CJ ham saves around 2 million and cutting Michael Pierce saves 6.5 million. And so by the time I get to the end of this, and this was without considering Dalvin cook without considering Kirk cousins, the team had saved 27.7 million. And so if you just kind of crunch numbers, you know, take 16 million off of that, you're talking about 11-ish, 12-ish million dollars kind of thing. That's without doing anything with Kirk Cousins, without doing anything with Dalvin Cook or any of the other players, right? And that's even assuming they don't push it to the max with Thielen in terms of restructuring. They don't push it to the max with Daniel Hunter. So I think that it's very plausible that once you factor in Cousins, I mean, look, if you trade Cousins and they don't do anything financially, there's 35 million in space, right? Like, that's a ton of money. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think rather they're going to try and lower his hip by 5 million, 10 million, 15 million. And so once you start talking about Cousins maybe giving you 10 million more a year, and then some of these other moves giving you another 10, 15 million, and maybe Dalvin Cook, and you could very plausibly, to my mind, find yourself somewhere within the 25 million to 40 million range. Um, and so when I was been thinking about this podcast episode, I'm thinking that I was kind of working with a 30 plus million dollar budget in my mind, at least for right now. And I think that's actually very plausible. I mean, you're already seeing the green Bay Packers restructure deals for some of their players and they're in a way worse financial situation than the Vikings. Um, but they've already restructured Kenny Clark, who of course is a monster. They've already restructured Aaron Jones, you know, and those deals, I think alone, those two deals, I think have freed up just under 15 million or something along those lines. And they have a ton more work to do. But the point I'm trying to make is that teams can go to their marquee players, make these moves and, you know, find, find cap room. And the crazy thing is I only, I, I, I didn't even look at void years. So if they wanted to tack on void years, and basically borrow from future salary cap, 
they can do that, right? So there's all kinds of ways. It would be surprising to me if they didn't have at least somewhere in the 20s millions. And I think it's very plausible the 30 plus million. So in that in that instance, or in that case, you've got some money to spend, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a that's a significant amount of money. I like I as someone who doesn't care too much about the team, but is obviously getting more and more invested as we talk about this. Like the idea of adding those void years uh just feels really unsettling. Uh like it does. You don't want to like mess up the future. And like I'm looking at what Green Bay is doing and I'm like, <clears throat> oh man, like I understand, like for them it makes sense. Uh I, I guess they're still making a decision on Aaron Rodgers, but like if he's back you do, it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're okay to sink your team for uh, a few years to, yep. because like you're, you're going for it. like this, you're obviously wanting to win now. Um, I do wonder if with new management, if there is less of a likelihood or even, or, or more of a likelihood of punting those decisions down the field, because really, like, I feel like you'd rather not tack on multiple void years or whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you want to be able to set yourself up so that like you go, you almost have a little bit of a mulligan, I guess, for the first couple of years, or like you wanted to, to make some hard decisions now so that you can set yourself up that you're spending money the way you want to. Uh, yep. yep. A couple of years down the road. The one thing, so the Vikings currently have a fair bit of dead money this season because of void years and they'll have dead money next season as well because of void years, which really sucks. But the one thing, that works in favor of void years and makes it, I think, persuasive to a lot of management teams is that the dollar means more in a cap that's 185 million versus 285 million. You know what I mean? Like a, like a borrowing a million dollars from a $285 million budget and then, and then infusing it into that $185 million budget. I mean, the, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges, right? So you're kind of intentionally borrowing from years where there's more prosperity. And so in that sense, it makes a certain degree of sense, even though you don't obviously don't want to be so foolish that you completely undermine or really put yourself behind the sticks. You know, instead of starting at first and 10, you're starting at first and 15 because you made all these foolish decisions. And and now your 2024 budget, 2025 budget is just you know, you're, you're at first and 15 now, which is no good. So obviously there's a balance there, but I, I, I do get the argument that um, that number means something different within the context of a significantly higher salary cap. Right. Right. Yeah. That's fair. Well, that makes sense. Um, so I guess then looking ahead and, and I feel like we'll probably spend even more time than just today talking about oh, yeah. uh, free oh, agency yeah. and, and that, but. Oh yeah. I guess there's a, f- I, I'm, I'm wondering for you, as you look at it right now, what, what is the, I guess, goals of, of the free agency that you see kind of assuming that number, that $25 million uh, that they have, like, it's obviously that's a good amount of money, but it's not, it's not excessive in any ways. Like you have to be very mindful of the way you, you spend that. Like even you look at the last off season and you have Patrick Peterson for 10 million and like you sign someone like that, uh, like we're looking at the cornerback position and, and feeling like you probably need to sign someone there. Um, it's possible that you sign one guy and that takes up a big chunk of that. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm curious for you uh, and, and even just to set you up here a little bit, I know I was talking uh, to you before we started recording here um, and 
I uh, I always struggle with names, but the the article Shil uh, the last name. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Shilkpedia with the Athletic. I think he does awesome work. Yeah. So I I thought he just had a really neat article uh, talking about a ten step guide for NFL teams to avoid a disastrous off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's three points that he made that I wanted to highlight. He, he made ten great points, but three points I guess that I see making sense for for the Vikings off season, and then. I'll set you up here for maybe you can explain um, what, what you see the Vikings potentially doing and prioritizing. Um, sure. So the first point he actually makes is prioritizing offensive efficiency above all else, um, which is interesting. I think that we've talked about the need for defense and improvements there. Uh, but I, I see that and I'm actually kind of optimistic that the Vikings, I think, have some good pieces in place to prioritize that. Um, mm-hmm. The fourth one, which I was kind of surprised at, but as I think about it more, it makes more and more sense. I says to use free agency and not the draft to fill needs. Um, and so that, that obviously ties in with what you're uh, going to be referencing here and, and where you're going to. Um, and the third one is to employ the two minute rule. This is number eight on his list. Uh, and so he explains this two minute rule is that anytime you're thinking of adding a player, take yourself to the final two minutes of a one possession game and ask yourself, can he help you win? Uh, if the mm-hmm. answer is no, you might want to think twice. Mm-hmm. So, so with all those in mind, and and obviously there's lots of great points in there. Uh, what do you see the Vikings needing to prioritize, or maybe even like what is the strategy uh, going into free agency um, with kind of what mm-hmm. we're estimating they have and what what their needs are? Yeah. So he's that's the number eight point. The two minutes is such a great point. His, his stuff is always awesome. I, I love his work. Um, with, in terms of the offense, the efficiency, I think in some ways maybe the team feels like they've already addressed that to a certain extent and that they can continue to address that in kind of a cost-effective manner. Uh, just insofar as there's already so much talent, there's already so much skill, and now you bring in this coach who's going to implement a really quarterback-friendly, um, not simple offense, but it's it's player it's a player friendly offense that can be difficult to stop, right? And so in that sense, you kind of hope that um, you know that, that things that things improve, right? Uh, you know, I talked about trading weight Garrett Bradbury. Well, that obviously creates a bit of a need, and maybe that's Mason Cole. But I was also looking at it. You know, just briefly scrolling through the PFF top free agents, and they had Ben Jones in there who's a center for the Titans and he's now in his early thirties. He's been in the league a long time. And uh, their projection for Ben Jones is two years, 5 million a year, which is just shocking to me insofar as he was last year, he was their eighth best center, I believe. And the year before that, I think he was sixth. And I think the year before that he was second. So you're talking about a guy who is uh, pretty elite. Or, excuse me. I'm looking at my notes here. So three years, 6.67 million. So that's pretty good. Three years, 6.67 million who can give you potentially top 10 play in the short term, short to intermediate term at center. That just to me just seems like if that really does come to fruition, if you really can get a center of that caliber for that price point. I mean, how many times have you seen our interior O-line just walked back into Kirk Cousins lap, right? That is just that interior pressure right in his face. The, The quickest path to the quarterback is not around the edge. It's right up the middle. And so if you can solidify that offensive line 
one or two additions perhaps uh, for less than 10 million, then I think that is just sensational. But the one name I guess I'll probably hammer home here is J.C. Jackson, the cornerback from the Patriots. And the reason why is not just because he's high in all these lists, but that is important. It's because if you were to go back and listen to Ed Donatel's press conference from yesterday, the new defensive coordinator, uh, he specifically said he wants corners who uh, can be great in man-to-man and who have great ball skills. Those are the two things that he highlighted. And that fits J.C. Jackson just perfectly. You know, he is 26 years old. He's coming off probably his best season of his NFL career. He's 6'1", 200. He ran a 4-4-40. Last year, he had eight interceptions. The year before that, he had nine interceptions. This past year, 2021, he started all 17 games, and he had 23 pass passes defended, right, which is first overall in the NFL. So you have perhaps the best or one of the best man-to-man coverage guys in the NFL and someone who, to a certain extent, inspires fear in a quarterback and that if you know, if you throw at him, this dude can make a play on the ball. And last year, how many of our corners could make a play on the ball with any consistency? Zero, right? Like we did not, our corners did not create turnovers basically ever, almost almost zero. I mean, Patrick Peterson had the one at the end. I feel like Cameron Dantzler had one, but really for the most part, our corners were not making plays in the ball at all. And we played a lot of zone coverage. Uh, so if it's going to be a cover one look, heavy man to man, J.C. Jackson, he's got the length, he's got speed. And he's got the ball skills. Now they project him to go for four years at 18 million a year, which is a lot. It's a huge money. So let's say you have a $30 million budget. Well, now that shrinks down to 12 million. If, if you were to give him that 18 million, say. So if you do go fishing for that big, big fish, the main prize, then that means something, obviously, for your budget. That means this is this is my one major addition. And then from there. I've got to be quite shrewd and, and, or in the future, try and create more room or uh, whatever the strategy happens to be. But based on what Ed Donatel was saying in terms of what he's looking for and what we know of his scheme and the scheme he's coming from JC Jackson seems to fit just a hundred percent perfectly. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. Yeah. He, right? And he's a big fish. Like he was, he is, he, is, he would he is. be, he would be to the extent almost like, I think you'd probably need more than 25 million to be able to make that work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise like you're kind of pooch, but it uh, yeah, it, it, th- there is certainly a need at a corner. We've talked about it. Um, quiz question for you. I just pulled this up. Cause as you mentioned, just the, the ball Hawk uh, kind of nature. Uh, the uh, who would you say led the Vikings? There's two players that led the Vikings in, in interceptions last year last season uh, Harrison Smith that's is that okay that's one of your guesses so Harrison Smith would be one is, is he one of the two no he's not oh okay interesting he, he only Xavier. had one <laughs> Xavier Woods Xavier Woods yeah um so did he have two he had he had three so the, the, three. the team lead was three yeah um so Xavier Woods had three there's, there's only three players with more than one. Yeah, sure. Um, and then my guess from there, Xavier Woods. Gosh, I don't know. Eric Hendricks. 
Uh, so Kendrick said too, he's the only other player or the only other player outside of these top two that, that have more than one, uh, but uh, Anthony Barr had three as well. So unbelievable. So two of your, two of your three leading interception leaders are from your, uh, your linebacker group. Um, right. That's a huge problem. Yeah. 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 And, and that does, that does not square with what Donatel was saying in his press conference at all. So that that's going to change. It has to change, right? Because they're they're going to cater to his his scheme and his preferences. And um, I don't know if they're going to want to spend that much money on one single player. But the appeal is that he's only twenty six. Yeah. Right. So like this dude still has several more years of strong play in him. At least according to his age. I mean, who knows what will happen? But at least according to his age, he's still youthful enough to basically still be in his prime, right? And then maybe you say, okay what can we do with Cameron Dantzler? And then if you were to happen to, you know, slot corners always go cheaper, right? And if you can pick up a slot corner for relatively cheap, and then in the draft, if you pick someone with upside in the opening rounds, then maybe you feel okay about your corner group. Maybe you say, you know what, this could actually work. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, I, I'm all for some shrewd moves here. Like it, I think the best case with the, the Vikings off season is, they sign multiple guys to compete for some some of these positions and all of a sudden you get this guy on a bargain deal that comes out and uh wows and and performs well above what he's getting exactly and like obviously it's easier said than done it's like it's not like that it's like well if if that works everyone would do it um yeah but they're like i think that by if if there's a way to create some internal competition and and sign multiple guys and see who fits and who wins the job. Um, that does feel like an option. Uh, but also like having someone like a JC Jackson provides a pretty strong level of certainty that you've got, you've got at least one of your guys figured out. Yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, so what I would say to Sam's point, obviously you want to get good value and it's easier said than done. Every single team would like to say, yeah, I spent a million bucks I'm a player who I was hoping to be a role player he end up being this like real difference maker. So it's easier said than done, obviously, but it does happen every year. Every year you say, look, this team signed this dude for this like one year, $2 million deal. And now he's basically a starter and he's ranking out as one of the best in his position. And, you know, he ends up cashing in on a huge deal the next off season. So that's really the goal. And in, to that objective, not that I know, not that they're going to call me to ask. If I were the Vikings, I'd be looking for players coming off their rookie deal, so they're in their mid-20s, who for one reason or another haven't received full-time snaps. Maybe they've been buried behind you know, more established vets, but they've been role players. And you basically say, if we give this dude a shot, could he really explode? If we put him in our scheme, a different opportunity, he's 26, he's 27, he's 25, whatever and give him more chance, et cetera, et cetera. Could he really flourish? And sometimes the answer is yes. And, and oftentimes it's just no, but sometimes it's yes. And so to me that those, those are really exciting deals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun to figure out. And I think we'll have a clear picture uh, in the next few weeks as some of these extensions are made uh, or, or cuts or whatever it may be. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the Vikings talk there. I'll give a, a one minute spiel on Minnesota wild. Uh, I just want to talk about, about them because we're, we're recording Friday morning and they lost to the Leafs last night. 
the best team in the NHL. Um, they're, the, the Minnesota Wild are on a little bit of a skid right now. Lost four of the last five. And I know the last time I think I talked about the Minnesota Wild, they were on a pretty hot streak. And so this is just part of the season. Uh, this is a little bit of a Canadian uh, road trip for them. Right now, they've got one more, uh, or they've got a, a game on Saturday. I guess one more game before people will be listening to this podcast. Uh, so I think hopefully for wild fans, they can finish this road swing on a high against the Calgary flames. Um, so, you know what they, the one thing I'll say about the Minnesota wild is uh, they've been making up games recently. They're actually be outside of the New York Islanders. They've played the fewest games in the NHL. So uh, they've, <laughs> they've got, they've got some, some road ahead of them. Uh yeah, right. But it does feel right. like the as in, in terms of playoffs, it feels like the playoffs in the NHL are almost set already, and there's still 30 games left. Um, yeah, and yeah. I feel like the the Minnesota Wild are pretty comfortable in that playoff spot. Right, right. Yeah, fair enough. It's going to be a grind, and so uh, you always kind of. I mean, I, I'm always concerned with injuries in that sense. So you just you just hope everyone stays healthy. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll I should. I should make sure I mentioned to Kevin Fiala is one of the hottest players in the NHL right now. Um, and uh, I know that's a player that signed just a, a one year deal last off season. Uh, I know there's lots of, there's been lots of chatter and it's fun to see uh, just the different opinions that, that fans have had of him over the year. He started really struggling and then now is just on a real heater and uh, it'd be interesting to see what they decide to do with him. Uh, because it's hard to make sense of a, a trade for a player like that when you're competing for a playoffs, but you're also um, don't want to lose the player for nothing. So we'll see if there's an extension that comes or what that will be. And you don't really want to sign an extension to a player that's on a heater, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll see lots of fun, lots of season left. Um, glad to have a sport other than football to, to watch right now because um, it's, 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 it's sad without football. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely miss it, but the absence makes the heart grow fonder. So uh, it is. We'll uh, we'll wrap up there. Uh, Kyle, any uh, plugs for listeners before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, main one I guess is proptsc.com. If you like writing, and more specifically writing about the Vikings, then um, you can feel free to head over there. I'll write there, and other people write there. Um, so give it a a try if that's something that you think you'd enjoy yeah it's great work check it out we'll uh take care everyone have a good week and uh we'll be back next week